Welcome to the Less Doing Podcast, where you will learn how to start living more by doing less. Let me help you optimize, automate, and outsource your entire life so you can focus on doing the things you love. Now here's your host, Ari Mizell. All right, so this will be similar to like how we did this with George before. This is going to be, well, I'll have a bunch of questions, but then I, you know, you guys should jump in at any point. So the first thing, though, is that we know that Dean knows marketing, but you're involved in a lot of different businesses mm-hmm. right now. So can you just give like a quick elevator pitch on what you do? Yeah, so that's, you know, there's the thing is that overall, uh, marketing is a lot of it because yeah. organizationally, where our like one line bio is that we help entrepreneurs make more money. So that's our organizational kind of purpose. So that means that everything that we do has an outcome of more money. So we're not an educational company where we're teaching how to set up a WordPress blog or how to, you know, anything technical or things like that. Everything we do has that through line outcome of you're going to make more money in interaction with our company. So that opens up the door for things from on the free podcast side of it with I Love Marketing, More Cheese, Less Whiskers, all the things that we do to share with people all kinds of marketing strategies. Then we have online programs. I do live events. We do sort of facilitated groups where like today... While we were in here, two Thursdays a month, I do live calls where I'll interact with people through our email mastery program where we wordsmith and help people get just the right words for their emails. So that just happened to fall on today. So that's why I was back doing uh, those. And so that's a crystal clear purpose. And then we get to start companies like the 90 minute book where we, you know, people push a button and out the other end, they get their first uh, book, right? We try and be the less doing sort of facilitators for them. And you have a podcast production service now. And we have a podcast production service. We have what's uh, it called? Dial Talk Done. Pretty clear proposition. Right. (laughs) And so all everything around that is all about you know, helping facilitate people making more money based around sort of strategic approach. Because we have, I have something called the eight profit activators, which is all, everything fits into those kind of eight things. Yeah. So without going into depth of all of us, can you tell everyone what the eight are? Sure. So the easiest way to think about it is that first of all, whenever we look at a business, we break the business into three separate divisions. And so we have what we call the before unit, which is the unit of your business that finds people who want to do whatever it is you do. The during unit of the business is the unit of your business that actually does what you do. So if people sign up and say, I'd like you to help me do whatever it is, the whole engagement and the journey that people go on with you there, that's the during unit. And then the after unit is a separate unit of your business that nurtures lifetime relationships with the people that you've already done business with, who already know you like you and trust you, and focuses on orchestrating referrals. So when we look at a business like that and break it into those three distinct divisions, your during unit is where it all kind of happens, right? That's the part that 
is the, the transactional, functional helping people. And one of the best ways to think about your before unit is to think of it as a supplier to your during unit. And what it supplies to your during unit is a never-ending stream at whatever volume you would like of people who are ready to do whatever it is your business does at a price that is acceptable to you, that's profitable for you. You know, So I often ask people if they think about that is how much would you cheerfully pay for a new client to show up on your doorstep and say, can you help me do whatever it is you do, you know? And so the eight profit activators all fit within there. The first four are part of the before unit, which is, you know, select a single target market, get raise, get people just to raise their hand, to use compelling direct response, educate and motivate people till they're ready to take action. And number four is to make offers that make it super easy for them. So it maps out, it fits perfectly with the customer journey that that's really what it is, is as people are progressing through those four profit activators, they end up now moving into your during unit, which contains the two profit activators of deliver a dream come true experience for people and then provide after sale service. And then in your after unit, it's about nurture lifetime relationships and orchestrate referrals. So those are the eight. Yeah. So there's so much within each of those, obviously. Mm -hmm. What are some of the, in terms of the eight, mm -hmm. where are some of the areas where you're seeing some like the newest tactics that have been really interesting for you to try well, out? Well, I see where, so I always start, if I look at where people are, often the biggest opportunity that they have, this is where the nine word email comes in, is that if you were just to divide your business right now and overlay the eight profit activators on your business, there's stuff that's happening right there. I call this the breakthrough DNA process because I look at these eight profit activators are all like individual you know, DNA cells that manifest differently in every business, but they're universally present. Every business has a before unit and those four profit activators. Every business has a during unit and an after unit. And when you overlay that construct on your business, we can use it as a diagnostic tool. So we can look and see where the opportunity is in your business. So when I ask people, you know, who's been in business for more than 90 days right now and has a list of people who have inquired on some way but not converted yet, right? Everybody has that. That is the jumping off point for a nine word email. That's the perfect place to start with somebody and say, let's recapture all this value that you've got in your business that you've already kind of generated that you may be missing out on, you know? And a lot of times it's philosophically changing people's view of something. Like a lot of times in marketing, in our digital marketing world, the language and the way that we approach things has become very funnel centric or very sort of EPC, all the language and things that we use, we're looking for the right now, right? Where we're gonna run the ad 
get them in the funnel, send them through our gauntlet series so they buy our tripwire. And, and, you know, all these such con, it's, it's sort of <laughs> confrontational language, right? Like we're at war with these people. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like so, I actually looked it up. I spoke at uh, Dan Kennedy's super conference a couple of years ago, and I looked up the word gauntlet, which is actually a military punishment where a man is forced to run through a line of other men beating him with a stick. That's called running the gauntlet. And that's a lot like what our gauntlet series messages feel like, right? They opt in and then they get the, buy now, this is the lowest price you'll ever see this. And okay, you twisted my arm, I'm gonna give you this and I'll throw in this. And by day four, we're like, frankly, Ari, I'm puzzled why you haven't bought this. And then day six is, are you mad at me? Do you hate me? <laughs> I mean, we just send people through these things. And then if they haven't bought by now, then we kind of relegate them yeah, to the affiliate off. file and count them as dead lead. Those were lucky. Those were those leads are no good. And what you know, I build everything on is this this framework that I have a, a belief and proof that your prospects are valuable over the long term, right? That if you look at the real value of a bundle of a hundred leads today is so much greater one year and two years from now than it is in the next two weeks. And yet so much of what we're taught and so much of what people practice and emphasize is on this 14 day earnings per click that that's how we judge everything. And we take, I call it an expense based approach to marketing instead of taking and looking at it as a capital investment. You know, I look at buying a hundred opt-ins today, a hundred new people that are introduced into your world, that the capital investment of that is going to pay dividends over several months, years, you know? And that's really, the if I can get people to shift that thinking, you see the profitability of everything you do go way up because on two fronts, it takes away the pressure that you feel to hammer people into buying right now. And it also doesn't alienate them so that when they are ready, you can get them to buy and you don't have to incent them by giving them 50% off to buy today when if you were just patient enough to wait 30 days, they'd pay full price once they realize what the real thing is, you know? So it's kind of a, there's so much value in taking that long-term approach to it. So when someone opts into your, yeah. you know, to more cheese, less whiskey, or mm -hmm. whatever, which, Anything, which, any of them, right? Say. How many emails typically are in your series? For them? Yeah, so there's the thing too. So when I look at it, that you break this up, that I look at it as two tracks, right? If I'm looking to figure out what the value of 100 leads today is, I'm looking at the long term. So I base everything on when I started looking into uh, lead conversion, that there was a study done by a company that handles inquiries across all kinds of industries, right? Like on an enterprise level. 
And what they found was that by doing what they called did you buy surveys, they would follow up with people. Like if you went to a home show or you went to a corporate website or you went to a magazine and you circled one of the things on the cards, this is the company that does the kind of inquiry handling like that. So they have all kinds of data, millions of leads a year they process. And what they did was kind of brilliant. They would follow up with a segment of people and they would call them at 90 day you know, increments and say, just ask them one question. They'd say, Ari, you came to the home show and you inquired about faucets. Have you bought any faucets? Not, would you like to buy some faucets or did you buy our faucets? Did you buy faucets? Because they found that by doing that, just over half of the people that inquire about anything will buy what it is they've inquired about in the next 18 months. But only 15% of them will do it in the first 90 days. So 85% of the value of a bundle of leads today is 90 days or further away. And that's across industry. That's across industry, right? And so I've seen that unfold in so many different ways. I mean, I see it unfold in real estate all the time, but in, in our own world, in my world, I see it unfolding too. So if I look at that and I realize that I'm playing the long game, I like to be conservative on projections like that. So I extend that out to two years and reduce it to 50%. So I'd say that's a good rule of thumb to be thinking a guiding principle is that if I get 100 opt-ins today, that 50 of them are going to buy something in this category in the next two years. That's a pretty good thing to come from. Now, when you look at that, what that changes for you is that it gives you some sense of peace about knowing that this is a good investment because I've got a long time to nurture a relationship with these people. And you start to realize that it's okay if they don't buy right now. And so you can be more relaxed about it, right? And so it takes a whole different approach. I look at it that if what we're really looking for, if I were to give you the name and email of a hundred random people, or you take the last 100 opt-ins that you had, just looking at them right now, there's no way for you to tell which of those 100 people are going to be the ones that buy in the next two years. You can't tell just by looking at it, right? But the good news is that you got a 50-50 chance. And so I take the approach that I treat everybody like they are what I call a five-star prospect until they prove that they aren't versus treating them like they're not a five-star prospect and forcing them to jump through hoops to prove that they are. You know, So we often take this thing, there's this approach to lead generation that you've got to kind of dominate or you've got to be assertive or you've got to you know, close and... and you know, convert these people. And when I take this approach of realizing that anybody that is going to buy from you is going to be what I call a five-star prospect. That means they're willing to engage in the dialogue. They're friendly and cooperative. They know what they want. 
They know when they want it and they'd like you to help them. They have to meet all five of those in order to be a client of yours, right? So if that's true, they have to be all five because which of them would you not want, which would not be true of any of the clients that you've served, right? So rather than trying to convince them to buy now, let's just see, let's start from the top of that list instead of from the bottom, right? So I say, let's start, let's treat this like the staged lighting at the drag races where they've got to start out, the first light comes on and then the second and then the third and then the fourth and then the fifth and we're off rather than coming from the bottom, which most funnels are built to, you know, if we say that, are they willing to engage? Are they friendly and cooperative? They know what they want. Do they know when they want it? Would they like us to help them? Most funnels start out with, let me show you what we've got. You need to buy right now, right? We're starting with the bottom is the premise is you need to buy this right now. And we're putting our timeline on them rather than before we even know, are they friendly and cooperative? Do they know what they want? None of that, right? So I always start with, let's just engage with them and see who's willing to engage in a dialogue. So if somebody comes to one of our real estate websites and they come in, rather than say, now's the time to buy, we can just ask people and say, hey, welcome aboard. Are you an investor or are you looking for a house to live in? Easy, right? Or if somebody, you know, I run uh, full page ads in Success Magazine for our email mastery or do Facebook ads or when people opt in, you know, we would just ask them, give them a copy of the book and then ask them the next day saying, you know, hey, Ari, welcome aboard. You're one of the first to download Email Mastery. What business are you in? Yeah. Just seeing if people are willing to engage in a dialogue. And when they engage, then we can say, you know, they'd say whatever business they're in, and I can follow that up with, have you tried a nine-word email yet? Because that's what we teach them in the article, they would call it, the ad that we're running. And so with that little sequence... I can just engage with the people who are willing to engage in the dialogue, right? So they'll, what business are you in? Have you tried a nine word email? And they might say yes or no, or yes, I tried it and you won't believe what happened, or I'm still reading all the information in which I can say, well, I'm getting together with some people on Thursday to brainstorm some nine word emails and subject lines. Would you like to join us? And that just seems so much more personal than steering everybody to a webinar. You know, I'm getting together with some people on Thursday sounds much more personal, intimate and interactive than, you know, sign up for this webinar with the countdown timer, you know? Yeah. Okay. So there's no sort of general sequence then that you've already pre-written. Well, that is the sequence. So the sequence (laughs) is always to, I want to engage with people, right? But I know that there's two tracks. And I know that if somebody's going to buy now, if somebody's a five-star prospect, and by the way, I'm not looking to create five-star prospects. I'm looking to discover yeah. five-star prospects. They either are or are not a five-star prospect. Nothing I do is going to turn them into one, right? And they either are going to buy now or they're not going to buy now. I mean, the only outcomes are they're going to buy now, they're going to buy later, or they're not going to buy That's really the bottom line of it. 
if 50% of them are going to buy something in the category over the next two years, my opportunity is to, over that time, have them be convinced that there's no better training on email marketing than joining my email mastery program. And I'm okay if it takes a long time to get to that point for them. But it's better if they convince themselves by being around that. So the short term is to engage and maybe they want to come on the uh, talk about it, you know, or go through the process right now. But if not, then the second track of that is that I've got every single week, three emails a week go out to everybody along with my podcast that goes out. You know, we do a new podcast every week. So that's my sequence. That's my long-term follow-up process, you know, that they get 150 emails a year. Yeah. How do you manage the nasty CFO who wants short-term results? Well, do you, you show them the wisdom of playing the long game. Yeah. That, that's like somebody saying in, you know, it's almost like, would you rather be a day trader or would you rather be Warren Buffett? You know, it's like the long, the, I'm looking to buy and hold, you know, and build value. And that the bigger my prospect portfolio gets, the more it yields each year. The longer it ages, the more it yields each month. You know, so you've got to start with somewhere. It's like you're... It's like a fine wine. Well, it, it's like building an orange grove, right? You got to plant the tree and it, it might take two or three years before the tree starts bearing fruit, but it's going to bear fruit every month or every year for 23 years after that, you know? And that's the real thing is you take this, this asset this investor capital investment approach, you know, especially in the financial world, because you're like, it's like a, um, I just came up with this analogy right now, but it's so applicable. You know how, no, honestly, that your business, because I'm familiar with it, and most financial businesses are like this oak tree that's been in, you know, around for a long time. It's got all of these branches and leaves and it yields, you know, it's established and a stable thing. Well, in the tree world, if you look below the surface, the root system is just as big as the canopy of a tree like that. And so what I'm saying is that the before unit, the stuff before they get to where they're actually in your business, that's what you're doing is you're building the roots of where the future growth is going to come of the business, you know? That's a pretty good analogy right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did we get that on tape? That's yes, good, yeah. first time I've ever said that. Yeah, well, another one, that, another analogy I was thinking of too is like is whiskeys, for example. Mm. When I was at school, the founder of Maker's Mark came and gave a talk, and he was explaining how they came up with the. And it, it takes like eight years, mm -hmm. you know, to actually taste the first barrel. So they had to make forty-five recipes and then wait eight years. Mm. But they had to keep making all forty-five for eight years because if one of them was good, they needed to have the supply. Mm -hmm. Right. So obviously we're talking about eight years here, but like it's kind of the same sense, right? Like you have to try a bunch of things and stick with them and see how they come to fruition. So when does the are you still interested come into so play? So there's if you've been if most people that I look at don't have a flagship 
the communication that's going out every week that's adding value, like a podcast or educational newsletters. What most people have is a gauntlet series followed by sporadic promotional emails or affiliate emails that are going out to people or random, um, you know, random value adding emails. So if that's been the case, the first place to start is to go back to the people 90 days ago or whoever, you know, 90 days or older and just say, are you still looking for 90 days a house in Georgetown. 90 days is a great uh, amount of time, you know, like it's something that's that's kind of um, cool. And it works for so many different um, industries. You know, we had a uh, we've used it with in real estate, in financial advising, in all kinds of things. We had a, a yacht broker actually in Fort Lauderdale who joined this uh, younger guy, started out in this uh, you know, predominantly old boys network, the yacht broking business. And they have zero tolerance for time wasters, right? They're, they're just, if people inquire and they're not ready to buy, they're just like, uh, you know, they're dreamers. That's kind of the language that they have, right? So they would print out all these inquiries from the website or from their ads that people would call in. And they had a file that was literally called dead leads. It was labeled dead leads. And so this guy takes this file and he's starting to go through them and reconnect with them. And he found, he sent out a message, are you still looking for a yacht? And would send them out one at a time every day. He'd be sending out to people and he'd be getting replies back, but he got a reply back from a guy who right now is under contract on a $130 million custom yacht that's going to be delivered next year. And in the meantime, has bought a $50 million yacht to tide him over (laughs) until his $130 million yacht is built because it was a couple of years ago. So it was three and a half years for the uh, delivery of this guy's yacht, but all literally from a file called dead leads. And so there's, everybody's got that as an immediate asset that whenever you send that out to people, they will respond back. You know, if they're, if now's the right time, it's a good chance that at every 90 day increment, people are uh, for whatever reason, coming into the time where now they're ready to to do something. No. So, George, you send out the message, are you still looking to buy, or you're having that phone conversation, if the answer is no, uh-huh. what would you suggest would be the next? I lost track. I heard. I didn't hear a word you said after George. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it sent me into a tailspin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Dean, with... Hearing all the information. Uh-huh. When you say, are you still looking to buy? Yes. And they say, no, not yet, or any version yeah. of that's not yes. But yeah. What would be the next step? What yeah. sequence would you suggest or way of. So perfect. What would you say if they said that? What would you say if you were literally going and knocking on their door uh-huh. and saying it to them? I'll be back. <laughs> what would you say? Yeah, I mean, thanks, yeah. and it depends contextually, right, on what it is. If it's like, if, it, if they've bought, something that is a once in a lifetime purchase that they're never going to need again, then they're, what, are, what are you going to do? But if it's something that might be next time choose you, that maybe they chose 
tried this other method for right now, but you stay in touch with them? Because most of them will be amenable to you staying in touch with them, you know? Yeah. So that's all it is. Just thank them. Oh, great. Yeah. And just keep in touch. And your email, you know, I, so your emails that you send out, I, I get them, but for people who don't, like, they're, they're, they're really, there's no call to action, really. There's always a call to action. Click on the podcast link or things like that. Mm -hmm. But you're not telling people, like, you know, are you in? I mean, you're not. Of course. So every email that I send out goes out with what I call my super signature. So let's oh, see. Yes. Right. right. So every email has always a call to action on it. Because no matter what, I want people to know that what to do when the time comes, right? Who gets my emails? Does anybody have one for uh, me? Yeah, I got it here. Yeah. So, oh, here we go. Yeah. Okay. So when you look at it, oh, look at Wow. Okay. So, oh, this is the one. So creating a movement. This one went out uh, today. Yeah. Yeah. So see that? I didn't, but I didn't send it. I didn't even write it. <laughs> but... <laughs> It goes out, and so in every email, I'm taking, I'm adding value, first of all, because there's always a nice article. And then in the PS, I'm always promoting something that is timely and, and topical. But it seems so conversational that it doesn't seem like, like you just said, you skipped right over it. So PS, I'm starting a new email mastery case study group this month. If you've got a list of even 500 people, you may be surprised to see what can happen. If you have a list of a thousand or more, you're literally sitting on a gold mine. As a case study, I get to work with you one-on-one -on -one to wordsmith new emails we can send to your list and report on the results. I'm building an amazing collection of case studies in dozens of business categories. I'd love to work with you. Just reply to this email, put email mastery in the subject line. I'll get you all the details. And then everyone at the bottom always has plus. Whenever you're ready, here are four ways I can help you hatch some evil schemes for your business. So every email, that goes out 150 times to people. And every time that goes out, somebody clicks and inquires about all of those things. Every one of them. You know, it's like, it's so funny because this is, whenever I think about it, you know, is you need to be a leader for your group, right? You need to really guide and lead them on the right path, which, because people are silently begging to be led. I mean, you've heard that, right? That they're waiting for you to guide them in the right direction. Nobody likes to take initiative. And so often what we end up doing is we'll, if we, Take like, and this is on every level. If I were to say, you know, if I invite you into my home and bring you in the living room and sit you down and say, hey, I'm happy you're here. If there's anything you want, there's lots of stuff in the fridge. Go ahead and help yourself. It would be very awkward for you to do that. You would never do it, right? But yet that's how we treat our prospects, right? We bring them in. Hey, if you have any questions or there's anything I can help you with, please feel free to reach out to me to email. And we feel like we're doing it with the best intentions that we really want people to feel comfortable. And we would love nothing more than to spring into action when they ask you that for help, right? But Nobody likes to do that. So we contrast that. If I brought you into my living room and I sit you down and I go into the kitchen and I come out with a plate of freshly baked cookies, 
and I come right up to you and I say, would you like a cookie? Hell yeah. Of course. <laughs> it would be very difficult for you not to take the cookie, even if you don't eat cookies. Yeah. Because you don't want to reject me. Nobody wants to take the initiative and nobody wants to reject anybody or make anybody feel bad, right? So we've got this inherent moving sidewalk, moving in the direction of be a leader. And it just helps when you anticipate what would be the cookie that I could offer to somebody. What's the next question that they're going to have? How can I address what's probably going to trigger them to the next step, right? And I know that if you take the cookie, that if I wait just a couple of minutes and I come out with the milk, you're going to be very likely to want the milk and be thankful for it, right? So that's kind of the thing is to think through your process and to think what's going to trigger people, right? What's going to include people. So we do, we have a program called getting listings for real estate agents. I'll use a real estate example because everybody can relate to it. So if we're looking for, if I want to target oceanfront condos in Miami Beach, which we do, by the way, one of our clients does. So if we, I would send a postcard to, we've selected them as profit activator number one, our single target market, oceanfront condos in Miami Beach. So our profit activator two is compel your prospects to raise their hand, right? We've got a visible list of people, right? We've got however many units there are, whoever owns these oceanfront units, that's our closed loop system here. That's who we're targeting. So we mail to them but not mailing to them in a way that's like, thinking of selling your condo, call Dean and start packing. You know, it's not about personal promotion. It's not like that. It's not about getting my name out there because it's far more valuable for me to know who's thinking about selling than it is for everybody to know who I am. So if I focus on it and I think to myself, what would somebody who's going to be selling their oceanfront condo in the next six to 12 months be interested in? What would be the question that's on their mind? Buying something else? Could be. What else? How much is my condo Um, worth? Because if they're going to buy something else, the first thing is, what can can we get for our place? What's our place worth right now? So when we do that, we'll send and offer somebody the... April 2018 report on Miami Beach oceanfront condo prices. That to a condo owner is going to be exactly what they're looking for. And it doesn't seem to have any commercial intent. It's not saying call me. It's not call for my book on why Ari Mizell is the best oceanfront realtor or seven ways to choose Ari to sell your house. It's not about that. It's about market data that's going to be valuable to them regardless of whether they choose Ari or not. Mm-hmm. So when people respond to that, now Profit Activator 2 has done its job and we're now into Profit Activator 3. We've got a visible prospect. We've turned an invisible prospect, one of the 4,000 
oceanfront condo owners on this strip of the beach here, we've turned them into a visible person who's now higher propensity to sell because that thought is in their mind, right? Now, when you think about that, what's going to be the next thing that somebody wants to know? They may want to know, well, what's my unit worth, right? If we're showing them what the oceanfront ones are selling for, that's not going to give them the specific thing on what their specific one is worth, right? So they might want to know that. They might want to know, well, what should we do to fix it up to get the most money when we do sell? Some people might be organizers like that. Or some people might just be, well, maybe if you had a buyer, we would sell. We're not in a hurry or we're not going to rush in. But if maybe if somebody wanted to buy our place, we would sell. So you think about those are the three likely scenarios that somebody's in. And so we bake up some cookies for those three scenarios rather than just say, if you've got any questions or anything I can help you with, feel free to give me a call. We say, here's your report. It shows you all the stuff that's going on in the in Miami Beach. And whenever you're ready, here's three ways I can help you. Now, we have a pinpoint price analysis where we can come in and show you exactly what your unit would sell for on today's market. Uh, we have a room-by-room review, a booklet, and a checklist to give you to show what to do to prepare your place to get the most money when you sell it. Or we may be able to sell your condo in as little as 24 hours without even putting it on the market with our silent market. And so you do those three things for people, and they might call you up to take advantage of one of those specific things. Yeah, I'd like to get your pinpoint price analysis. Well, perfect. Let me pop by. We'll take a look at your house and tell you, bring all the the comps and show you what it might sell for. Or they might say, I'd like to get that room by room review. Perfect. Let me pop by. We'll take a look at your house. Or they might say, what's this silent market? Well, perfect. Let me pop by and I'll take a look. But all roads lead to the same thing, but there are three different motivations for why somebody might be might want to get together rather than none of them are list your house with me. They're all offering service. I know that the micro step that I want is I want to turn, I want to know who of the 4,000 oceanfront condo owners on this strip of the beach, who among them are more likely to be selling than not. So that offers the report. Then I want to just get in conversation with the people who are thinking about it now, not to convince them to list with me, but to continue to offer service. Now, if I get to the point where I'm in their house and I'm adding all this value, there's no need for them to go anywhere else, you know? So you think about that with any of the things that you do, what are going to be the precursors to doing business with you? You know, what is it that is going to lead them to that next step? With the wheels turning. You know, oh, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, so I'll give you another example. With our 90-minute book business, we do ads. We'll do Facebook ads offering the 90-minute book, which is the perfect example of the 90-minute book. It's like Kramer's 
coffee table book about coffee tables. It's a book about writing books in 90 minutes using the exact process that we use for people. And so when people opt in, we will send them an initial email with here's what uh, here's your book. And then whenever you're ready, I've got a whole team of people standing by to help you get started with your book. And we lay out the whole process. But then the next morning, we'll email people and say, hey, Ari, welcome aboard. What business are you in? Or have you got an idea for your book? And so I know that what people may want to know about is the titles. So if I do a workshop and say, hey, I'm getting together with some people on Thursday to talk about, to brainstorm some book titles and subheadings, that that's going to be attractive to people who are thinking about writing a book. And I know that if I serve them and get them excited and show them winning book title formats and formulas, that if they name their book, if they come up with a title for the book, that is the lightning rod that now gets them excited about moving forward to actually get this book done. If they don't know what their book's going to be about or they're intimidated by the title, that's going to slow the process of them wanting to get started because they don't know that they're ready yet. But once they get that title, then it's like the fast track, you know? Yeah. So the, in this case, the cookies are in the super signature, basically. That's, yeah. That's the cookies, right? That's it. Yeah. And that super signature is, I love it. Taki Moore had the best like testimonial for the super signature because he sent me a text saying that the, the super signature is like finding $5,000 in your pocket three times a week. <laughs> Because he yeah, sends out, you know, three emails a week now. You well, know, we have like, we have one too. Yeah, of so. course. How often do you change your super signature? Very rarely. I mean, I I've been using that one for over a year. Yeah, because I've nailed in the things that are the core. You know, these are the things that are going to. These are the ways I can help people. So for my super signature for our more cheese, less whiskers podcast list that it's be a guest on More Cheese, Less Whiskers. That's a great way to help somebody get excited about doing stuff is to get on a podcast with them and help them brainstorm some cool ideas for their business. Did you try all those a lot before you came up with the ones? Yeah, yeah. Hit Yeah, I mean, right, exactly. The next one is our Profit Activator Scorecard. So people can go and find, get their profit activator score. So they that helps me see where the opportunity is for them. Helps them see it too. Then our email mastery program or working with me one on one. That's the those are the core things. I'm just looking here. This is the one you just sent me here. Okay. If you read it. Yep. But I like the way you've got them worded. <laughs> yeah, there it is. So yeah, plus whenever you're ready, here are four ways I can help you hatch some evil schemes for your business. One, be a guest on More Cheese, Less Whiskers. My favorite thing to do is hatch evil schemes and apply the eight profit activators to all kinds of big businesses, big businesses, small businesses, professional services. Click here. Two, try the new profit activator scorecard. The framework of everything we talk about on More Cheese, Less Whiskers is based on the eight profit activators. Find out how they're either growing or slowing your business. Click here. Three, join our email mastery academy and be a case study. And four, work with me one-on-one. -on -one. So those are the 
that's the a lot of different offers. Companies. Yeah. If somebody responds and they say they want to work one on one with you, then what happens? So then we have a whole email sequence that okay. uh, a dialogue sequence that goes out. Like, what are you working on? And then it's well, here's some options of how we can work together, and it shows starting with the you know be a guest on the podcast i was like to start like that anyway it's a great place to start then we have our breakthrough blueprint online yeah breakthrough dna and email mastery where i do the live calls or people can work with me on a half day or full day consulting card or come to one of my breakthrough blueprint events so we lay out all of those options for people and they can pick their pick the level that they think would be the best place to start for them. But it just starts a dialogue. That's the purpose of the cookie is not to make the sale per se, as it is to let you know that they're ready to talk about how you can help them. Yeah. So we <laughs> we have one. Just give me a bunch of ideas then. Oh. Okay. And then so, but you said it's a sequence, and then you said it's dialogue. Like so, is the the sequence? Well, a sequence, a dialogue sequence. Right. Meaning- but so it's not predetermined. No, but yeah. we've got all of the tools that are there for somebody, right? So if they're inquiring, well, my friend was telling me about the my friend came to the breakthrough blueprint event. Mm-hmm. So maybe is how the dialogue might go. So they'll say, That's great. I do nine of those events a year. Here's where they are. Or they're saying, Well, I really want to work on our our funnel or our email sequence. And I'll be able to say, well, you know what, our email mastery program, we have all the training on there. And I do live calls where we get to work with you one-on-one that way. They're just looking for access for ways to bounce ideas off of me or if they wanna, or if they wanna fast track things or not do it in a semi-public forum kind of thing that then I do consulting cards on a, like where they can use a half day or a full day and break it up into, you know, one hour calls or however they want to do that. What do you mean consulting cards? So I use it like a jet card, you know, like you can get a prepaid card of access to Dean, a Dean card, and you get, you can use it as you want. Some people will buy a, you know, a card and then they'll want to talk once a month for, you know, or have me in their pocket kind of thing for whatever. Or maybe they want to come and spend three hours with me to really go through something and then follow up with, you know, over the next six weeks or something. People use them in all different ways. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. I have like a thousand more questions. Anyone? <laughs> anyone else? Malty? So Dean, if, uh, like, if, if, say I'm not doing this right now, mm-hmm. if I were to start and on an analogy basis now that I know if you like them. So if I could either choose the use Toyota system to start off doing this or the Lamborghini, let's say. Yeah. What would you recommend? What would those two options be? Like ask for tools to do this. Right. Except to send or like manage it. So for what specifically? For your, what are you? So for basically for if I wanted to set up the sequence. Uh-huh. Start emailing, you know, yeah. any business, but like yeah. the tools you have any you would recommend as a yep. starter cheap. Yeah, so we use so I have a tool called gogoclients.com, which is like a autoresponders, landing pages, CRM, text messaging, voicemail, hotlines, all the toolkit for you know online marketers. That would be a tool set. That's all those emails that I send. It's the one we use to do that as well. So, 
that would be where I would start. Yeah. But as far as strategies go, you know, is starting, I don't know how familiar you are with our, with the more cheese, less whiskers podcast. But if you're thinking specifically for dentists, there's like, you know, three or four of the episodes are all are dental related, which would be a good, that's where somebody, that's why in that interaction by email is the interaction would be, you know, what are you working on? And if you're have a dental pra- oh, well start with these. And that's, so I'm looking that now you're going to be sort of deepening the process in a very specific way. And then whatever resonates, if it's an email process that you've got an opportunity for, then we might invite you to be part of our email mastery um, program. And that's how it all kind of evolves. We're looking to solve the problem or give you the help that you need at the right level. There's not, it's not, I don't ever have people come from zero to, let's just start with a a full day consulting card because it's so sort of inefficient that for less money, somebody could come to a breakthrough blueprint and spend three days and get that sort of overview. So then the consulting card is so much more specific because you've already got the framework and the overview. So that's where I always start with, and I recommend it for all of you to have like, where would be the the place to start um, with people? How can you take it and address whatever level of need they have, you know? I've got a question around kind of offers. You know when you're saying um, tactical that pop potato goes back and forth? Yeah. But at what point do you, you offer in, in the email uh-huh. the full thing? Like, this is how we can have this is what you get and everything like that. Yeah. Is that what you include in the email or do you send this to? So first email might be, what are you working on? Just to engage, right? To let If somebody inquires and they say, tell me about your one-on-one programs or I'd like, they might just reply with one-on-one. So we might reply back and say, you know, hey, what are you, what are you working on? And they'll say, well, I'm, I'm this or I'm working on that. And then we might in that conversation say, well, we got a lot of different ways that we can work in here. We have one email that goes all the way down that talks about the, you know, if we say the more cheese, less whiskers podcast, then I might add into that and say, these two episodes are specifically about your business. So take a look at that. And maybe we could do an episode with you there. That might be a good place to start. And then we go all the way down. So our our Breakthrough DNA program, which you can do online, or you can do a version of where you get the whole online program coupled with a 90-minute card to talk about your specific situation or come to a breakthrough blueprint. So you start out from free to 1500 to 2500 to 5000 to 8000 or 15000 there's something for everybody in that world, you know. So you deliver like the price and everything's included. Yeah. That's the thing cuz I'm not trying I'm not there's no I'm not listening and seeing well how much will they pay or what's the you know what I mean? I'm committed to my pricing. I know that that's the the pricing and so let's just get it out there and people can choose whatever is the right thing for them. But it's always looking to stair step, you know, like I want 
And my goal is for everybody to be ahead of the game, that they're already playing with house money before they ever give me any money. That, and that's the thing where most of the people that come to any of the events or do anything have had some experience where they've made money because they sent people a nine word email that I got nothing for, but I shared it and didn't hide it under a bushel, you know? And it's so funny, if you're gonna give stuff away like that, it's, it's valuable to name it and to do things like, cause I call it a nine word email, that it's because, so I own that position in the market kind of thing. Like I can't tell you that I didn't go to traffic and conversion this year, but every time at traffic and conversion, if Ryan or Perry or somebody starts talking about the nine word email, they'll always give me credit. But I get all these texts from people saying, oh, they're blowing you up on the, about the nine word email. And whenever somebody posts it up, trying to take credit for it themselves, like they'll do a thing to, I'm going to share this strategy with you. This is an amazing email that revives dead leads. They're like, yeah, that's a nice Dean Jackson strategy, right? Like they'll always post or tag me in the Facebook post where, oh yeah, yeah, I did hear about that from Dean. You know, it's funny. But people will protect your IP more than you trying to protect it yourself, you know? Bang Kennedy says the best way to protect your IP is to share it. Yes, that's exactly right. Especially now when it's the, everything is out instantly, you're better to get out first and be the seminal, the thing, the root, you know, the root of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also just to clarify, so the nine word email is the, are you still interested in? Yeah. Nine word email is really a, a philosophy. It's yeah. a tone of email that's conversational one-on-one. -on -one. You know, I look at it that these emails are likened to going to Starbucks and if you see somebody in line that you recognize, you would say that to them, right? If I see you and I know that you came to my yacht website and I say, hey, good to see you. Are you still looking for a yacht? And I make eye contact with you. It would be super awkward and uncomfortable <laughs> if you didn't say something back to me, right? And that's the way that these work. We want to get these people, we want to get engaged in a dialogue with them, right? Use it as a communication tool. And when you realize that people read their email alone, often when they're pooping, you know, it's like there's no, I'm just saying, uh, we've all been there, I'm sure. Hashtag so, email while pooping. Yes. But that is a very like intimate form of communication, right? You share the same. And, and let's face it, we all read our emails now on our phones, right? And we're scrolling the same news, the same email stream that their mother has access to, right? And their mother has a hundred percent open rate on her emails. And the reason is because the emails from mom feel like they're only for you. And so yeah. I look at it that if you, I love to do, let's do this little experiment actually. Take out your phone and let's go through your emails and I want you to find an email, the last email that is only for you. Very first one. The very first one is only for you. What's the subject line? 
Flights. Flights. Okay, that's a good one. I won't comment on it right now, but let's get a, a collection of them. Who else has one that's... First of all, you realize how far you have to scroll to find one that's only for you. Yeah. Mine's a, mine's a top one, but it's new voiceover. New voiceover. Perfect. Invitation. Invitation. Mine's actually new subject. Perfect. Even, yeah, but you know who it's from. Yeah. What script else? Update. What's it? Script update. Script update. So let's just stop right there because you're seeing a pattern that if we were to read the emails above and below that one that are probably from marketers, the difference is that marketers are using the subject line like a headline and your mom or your friends are using it. It's almost as if they have a label maker and they're labeling the subject line what they would label the email in case you need to find it later. They're overtly clear on what the content of this email yeah, another is. Another one here, another one. That makes a difference, yeah. This is from my mortgage broker, quick question. Ah, good, that's good. Is it just for them, just for you? Yeah, perfect. What do you got? Questions. Questions. Yeah. See, these things, when you send emails, the best thing that you can do, the best skill that you can develop is the ability to write an email as if you're only writing it to one person. And there's a difference in the tone, you know? Like you imagine, even though we're sending this, you know, you imagine your list as everybody in here, but they don't have any framework or context or care at all that they're on a list. They think they have an exclusive relationship with you. Yeah, I, I have this email, but the subject I was checking in, and I was like, it's not only to me, and it's not. Oh. But it says, P.S., as you may have guessed, this is not an email, but each reply goes straight to my inbox. Yes. So feel free to reply to inbox. Perfect. And I was like, oh, okay, and it's pinned. I was like, oh, I think I'm pinned. It's oh. not just me. Yeah. <laughs> ah, perfect. Yeah. But there's the thing is that that's often all it takes is just the to get your brain to engage with the email because and now once it's in and you realize it feels like it's the one person, you trigger this conversational deer in the headlights kind of thing, right? Like our brain, we're on autopilot for so much of our stuff that just like if I saw you at Starbucks and I recognize you and I went up and said, hey, you still looking for a yacht? That would be in context, the thing. But if I had a list of people and I, it was like if I walked into Starbucks and hopped up on top of the table and started banging on a cup and say, attention everybody, is anybody in here still looking for a yacht? It's very different. It's a different tone than one person at a time. What do they teach you if you take a first aid class? One of the first things you have to overcome is something called bystander apathy. And when you're on the first one on the scene, what they teach you is not to yell out, somebody call an ambulance, somebody get a blanket. Because who's somebody? Right, somebody no, no, no. else. Right. That's who it is. Everybody's gonna look around and go, yeah, somebody should call an ambulance. But what they teach you is to make eye contact and point. You, do, you yeah. call an ambulance. You get a blanket. And if I've made eye contact and they're, the odds of them doing it are so much better than if I'm just going, somebody call an ambulance. And it's the same thing when great, you're sending out your emails, a, right? You want to engage with one person at a time who's reading that email alone.
and waiting for emails that are only for them. Scrolling and hoping that someday somebody's going to send just them an email so they can pin it. Right? Yes. It's a really good analogy. The super signature seems to be like a departure from that, but it's almost like yeah. I've had this personal engagement with you. Yeah. And here I'm leaving you with some, some opportunities. Yeah. Well, the so super like signature is a whole different thing than the non word so email. You to attach it to that. No, the super signature is a very different uh, thing. There's a, there's we're, we're talking, we're, I'm sharing so many things from concentrate yeah, without right. separating them. There's also a very specific psychological thing in the super yeah. signature, which is whenever you're ready. Yeah. It's totally not pressure. There's no pressure. Yeah. And it's also, it's kind of goading them at the same time. Yeah. It's like, well, you're not ready, I guess. Yeah. So when you are, though. Yeah, it's kind of here. like you're the one that's delaying yeah. your outcome. Yeah. It's like, I'm here and I'm ready whenever you're ready. I'm here, right? I've got, I'm ready for you. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Rachel, Rachel. I just noticed we sent a 90, or uh, my uh, 90 minute book team sent out a nine word email today and I just got it. <laughs> but its subject line is Dean. I was looking for my personal yeah. ones. It says, hi Dean, would you like to get started on your book this month? Dean, from me. I sent myself a nice message. <laughs> you, sh you should buy. That I had nothing to you do should with. Buy. Yeah, exactly. Rachel. Um, so with all the kind of personalization you do, mm -hmm. like all the kind of dialogues you're trying to create and get involved with on a one-on-one -on -one level, mm -hmm. how are you scaling this? And that's totally not scalable, is it? Well, that's why I have yeah. Because yeah. you're not the one. I, I, no, I don't. You're not the one responding. To no. But here's the thing: is there's a real person responding, mm -hmm. and that. My whole world changed when I expanded my definition of automation to include human automation. You know, that's really the thing. It's like we talked about with the, how it's made. Yeah. You know, that when you when they're narrating all the things, it's never you know that Betty, who's been with the company for fifteen years and likes to bowl on the weekends, looks and inspects the cup for things. It's a worker inspects the cup for in for uh, blemishes and puts it back on the thing so whenever it requires a human we have a human doing it but i've written all the words i've written exactly how we're going to interact with that so i'm just using technology and other humans automation to do what i would do if i could count on me to do it which i can't so, so I have others. It's a concept actually that we haven't talked about, but there is such there is automation by human. Mm -hmm. Like that is a thing. And it doesn't matter if it's one human or many humans. And you know, George said before, like the best way to grow his Facebook groups is to answer people's comments, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's and he does it. You could probably I'm not the only one. Okay, right. It's good. Thank you. So Up then until a year ago I was the only one. Right. But now I have community managers and they both have their own account and access to my account. So yeah. I've coined a new phrase and I'm hoping that you'll help me spread it so that someday I can be included in like Wikipedia or the Urban Dictionary. But the phrase is email baristas. And that's the answer for scaling this. That the reason that I say it is that the any person that has the intelligence level to run the espresso machine at Starbucks and make all those complicated drinks is sophisticated enough to run your email response team. Yes. And you can train them in what to do, right? 
And you say, well, that's not scalable. But when you look at it, on the surface, if I described Starbucks to you, Starbucks itself is not scalable. You're going to sell custom beverages individually, made in person, made to, order. made to order for $5? <laughs> Good luck with that, right? I mean, that on the surface, it seems like completely unscalable, yet it's totally scalable. Organizationally, when you look at all the recipes are already made. You're not counting on individual baristas to come up with their uh, own things. All the recipes are there. They just need to learn the moves. And they've, you know, the, the actual depth chart of the whole Starbucks organization is probably, there's probably only seven or eight layers to it overall anyway, right? A front line being baristas with the most of them. So you provide like the system yeah. and the content and then you have other people. Yep. So when I do a new campaign, so I, when I ran the first ad in Success Magazine, all the responses come in. I was there responding to everybody individually, seeing what happens. When you get 100 people to respond to anything, you've seen everything. You've seen what's going to happen. 95% of it, that's, right? That's awesome. And so I made, when somebody says yes or tells me what business they're in, I know the through line, like I described it to you, there's more words to it, but the through line was, what business are you in? Have you tried a nine-word email? I'm getting together with some people on Thursday to brainstorm some nine word emails. Would you like to join us? That path is where it's headed, right? So there's not very many variations in that, but I can respond to all of those. And I wrote the copy chunks that we use. The, um, our email baristas have a library, you know, an archive to choose from. So if somebody asks, if somebody replies, to one of these emails and says one-on-one, -on -one, the response goes back, what are you working on? And then when they say, then it's responding to that and including, here's all the different ways so it can work with you one-on-one. -on -one. So we can take one more question now, but you know, Dean's not going anywhere. We just, dinner is gonna be served, so. Aaron? Can I ask no. one question? Yeah. I'll go. Go ahead, go ahead, Aaron. Okay, yeah. so, uh, so we're getting together this Thursday with a, uh, a group of good folks, whatever. Yeah. And that could be a sales call, right? Yeah. So, the first time I did it with the Success Magazine ad, so I wrote this article. Oh, it looks like an article in the magazine because my whole approach to it was that what would I do if Success Magazine paid me $10,000 to write this article? What would be, what if my goal was to make this the most valuable page in the magazine? That was my approach to it. And if they were paying me $10,000 to write it instead of me paying them $10,000 to let me run it, right? And that led to, you know, huge response rates because I'm sharing. See, most direct response wisdom would say, if you're going to write an ad like that, you would say, have a big headline, an amazing nine-word email that revives dead leads. And then normal direct response would be, and once you know these nine words, you're going to be able to send emails and get responses right away. These nine words are so powerful. And once you try these nine words, these several people have tried these nine words and we're amazed at the results. Samuel S. from Lincoln, Nebraska tried it. And he said, these nine words are amazing. <laughs> and then you can get these nine words at 
this website, right? So you read that whole article and well, you know further ahead. Or here's two of them, the seven. Yeah, once you know the <laughs> other seven. But I told people the first words out of the gate were, if you've been in business for more than 90 days, you're literally sitting on a gold mine just waiting for you to press send to collect it. And here's the thing, and I tell them the why, because of the most people are not going to buy right now, but they buy later. So here's what you do is get all of your old leads together, gather them up, look in your desk drawers and your emails, your files, and send them an email that says something like this. Are you still looking for a house in Georgetown? Or are you still planning a trip to Israel? Or are you still looking for a yacht? And that was the whole thing. I'm giving them all of this and saying there's so much more. I can tell you, you can get a free copy of my book at emailmastery.com. And that was the lead magnet. So when I, by the time I got to the call, people are coming on the call, people I've never met saying, yeah, I read that article. I read your article in the magazine and I sent out and you're not going to believe what happened. I got, I had all these people and I sent out this email and I had eight people sign up for my $1,800 jujitsu program who'd inquired but never converted. Or, you know, and these are people that I've never met. So the first few callers are people telling tales like that, which is fantastic, you know? I mean, Dean, that was awesome. We have to break for dinner. Okay. I just want to thank you for giving my team awesome. a lot more work to do now. Ah, there you go. You need some email baristas. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Hey. We each only have 24 hours in a day, right? Why not make yours more productive so you can focus on amplifying your unique abilities? Join us over at the Less Doing Labs. It's a free, exclusive community filled with tips, tricks, and tools to multiply your efficiency. Just sign up at lessdoinglabs.com slash 24 hours. That's lessdoinglabs.com slash 24 hours.